We're back after a few weeks of hiatus. Eternity. It's kind of felt like that, hasn't it? A little bit, yeah. Well, um, for a while I thought I was had the fastest internet in town. Well, I still do, but over over near Columbia, a certain somebody managed to outdo me at last. So somebody has fiber. And I don't. I don't know who that person would be. Oh, but um, anyway, we'll get into that way, way later. Um, you, we were trying to hash out what, what to kind of talk about this week, and and you know, honestly, this was something I was over, kind of overlooking, listening to podcasts and everything else, and it did pop up through that, and then suddenly you. You're like, hey, um, what about what Intel is doing at the moment? Because th- this could be very detrimental to them, especially with their timing of, you know, their new release of products that are kind of limited, in a sense. Um, and I was like, sure. And I, you know, looked at stuff again. I'm like, oh, this could be like deja vu all over again with lawsuits, except this time Intel is kind of involved. And, and I'm switching it because they're kind of up against the wall right now. Because what has happened is you don't see Intel Atom chips inside mobile phones anymore, do we? kind of left the market. Yeah, I mean, I had I had personal experience with an Intel Atom uh, phone chipset, and they, they weren't entirely great. Intel makes really good desktop processors and server processors, but when it comes to small form factor PCs, they have not traditionally been very well at creating something. I mean, was it... Was it speedy? Yes, it absolutely was speedy, but it definitely had some flaws. If I was running something and it's running at a faster pace than it normally would be, it generates heat like none other, especially when it's plugged in. Oh, yeah. That's the way my uh, Zen phone was. And even this system that I'm using from System76, which, of course... You know, I purchased it, and then a couple months later, they come out with a new model. <laughs> oh, well. But there's a reason that there's, like, little holes in the case to let heat come out, because, you know, it's, I believe it's, yeah, it's an i5 that's in this thing. So it's going to generate some heat if, you know, suddenly, like it's just, it's not burning hot warm, but it is warm when I feel it. They're, they've they've tried doing the power efficient thing. I still have one of the first iterations of the Intel Atom inside of a desktop that I bought from an, from the reason years ago, and it was okay for the time, but it doesn't have enough oomph to do a whole lot. And trying to translate that to mobile, you know, yeah, you're right. I don't that wasn't going to work. And another thing that they're, you know, going up against, um, you know, Microsoft has just teamed up with Qualcomm 
because they're trying to do the always on LTE devices. I, you know, did you saw the, did you see the video with the Windows 10 on ARM where they loaded up Photoshop and everything else? I think I did watch that a while ago when they had that release on that. Um, it was very interesting. Yeah, apparently the way that another podcast described it was that, you know, they were going to take the shortcut of have the thing already open, just running and showing what it can do. And they were like, no, let's actually show people the it loading. And it didn't take very long to load at all. And it's like, now you, you could tell there was still some, you know, there there's going to be lag in that because when they did the whole, you know, do the color filtering and all that, I could see it, you know, panning that color across the screen and it took a little and other stuff and it took, you know, a moment, but it was still technically doing it. And on top of that, we, we have, you know, AMD's Ryzen and they, they've been, they've, uh, you know, also partnered with Dell for VR ready stuff. So, um, you know, what you think their backs against the wall at this point? I mean, at this point, yeah. I mean, with Ryzen being released as soon as it has, and some of the decisions which we're about to come up and talk about here on this podcast, some of the decisions that they've made, um, and, in light of that release, I think they feel like they're backed up into a corner. Now, granted, I did look at an image. I have to dig this up again, but it was showing the relative market share between AMD and Intel. And at one time, Intel was below AMD, but that that graph, it was like a line graph. They crossed and then Intel rose and rose and rose up until 2017, this year, where their market share dropped just slightly. And that is almost 100% because of the release of Ryzen, because Ryzen was so successful for AMD. So now that they've started to see some of their market share drop and go back to AMD, because just as that, that happened with Intel's market share dropping, AMD's market share rose. So I think, I think AMD caught them at the right time with their pants down. Now, granted, I mean, if you do look at any reviews on Ryzen as a product and the comparisons between Ryzen and Intel, does Ryzen absolutely blow it out of the water? No, that's not the case at all. But what Ryzen is able to do is that from a multi-threaded perspective and power efficiency and everything else combined for the same cost that you would be spending to get a Intel based CPU that would, that would give you eight cores and 16 threads. You would have to pay uh, eight, nine hundred thousand thousand dollars just to get that when you can pay half the cost or less than half the cost and get, that same amount of power from a competing AMD Ryzen chip. So, um, AMD's uh, chip is not going to destroy Intel 
but it's good enough for consumers. Absolutely. It's much better for consumers. So, so they've made the comeback to the budget minded people and, and, you know, maybe the hardcore overclockers because AMD was known as the overclocking friendly company for the longest time. So, but um, let's see here. And they, they've come out with, with the X299 chipset and, to, and the Core i9, but there's some problems there too. Because you're limited on motherboards, you're limited on a lot of stuff. Yeah, what's what's really interesting with the the release of the X299 chipset, which just came out. I mean, it just it was just released. I don't think it's out and available for public consumption yet. Um, and this is something Intel has kind of been doing the last couple of iterations with uh, like Skylake and Cablelake, is that with the certain chipsets, you only get uh, based on the processor, the processor that you buy to pair with the motherboard. The motherboard may have X number of features, but when you have a lower end processor, so when, for example, um, instead of buying an Intel Core i7 60 uh, or uh, like at that time it was a 6700K, you buy an i5 6600K, you only get 16 PCIe lanes rather than having a full 24 lanes for the Intel Z170 chipset. That's just an example. And the same thing applies to the X299 chipset. You can get theoretically up to 24 PCIe lanes, but if you buy like the cheapest Core i7 that's available for that chipset, you'll only get like maybe half of that or eight lanes instead. So you're, you're, you're putting a lot of money down. And this is also, I, I watched a couple of reviews where talk uh, with people who've worked with, in the industry and worked with some of these manufacturers, these motherboard manufacturers, these manufacturers are actually pretty upset about the way that this chipset has been released because traditionally the highest end chipset, that uh, X99 chipset, or the previous one, X79, if you bought a processor for it, you got all those features. You may just not have as many cores or something like that. This is kind of something that's uh, non-traditional for Intel to do. And it's upsetting manufacturers as well as it's going to upset uh, consumers. And, with, and with, with the whole possible Windows 10 on ARM, um, and... And multiple manufacturers are planning on releasing this later this year, where it's like, you know, always on LTE connectivity and the whole nine yards. And all of a sudden, on the you know latest anniversary of, you know, the x86 instruction set. Um, Ars Technica and uh, Seeking Alpha has uh, they put out some, you know, very informative pieces 
regarding Intel's, you know, veiled threats against their quote unquote intellectual property. Now, the older MMX instruction set, you know, that that part of it has expired years ago. Um, it's been past the time for patents on that, so that's safe, but some of their newer stuff is still, you know, be considered valid. And this kind of reminds me of, you know, what happened when Apple tried to sue Microsoft over the interface, and they both wind up just just uh, cross-licensing a bunch of stuff because it was costing them both money and it wasn't worth it. Or IBM objecting to clones being made. Like this, the lawsuits and such has been tried before. You think they're going to try to sue or you think they're just bluffing? I, I One thing for certain, I think they're planning it and trying to analyze the situation to see if that's actually going to play out in their favor. Now, if Intel decided to sue in this situation and they lost, um, that's not going to be anything bad for any of the companies, obviously, but it's probably going to end very badly for Intel, regardless of whether they sue or don't sue. If they do decide to sue and they somehow manage to win, which I doubt they would, um, they, they're going to put more pressure on the entire consumer market. And I'd be willing to bet that their market share is going to drop further as a result. And then that also if they decided to sue over this whole situation, especially with Microsoft being a big partner of theirs, um, they'd probably really upset Microsoft and Microsoft will just decide to say, Hey, now we're, we're going to go elsewhere now for our business, for our products and stuff like that. So, and the bad part is they're, they're not learning from Microsoft either because Microsoft, they were pursued for anti-competitive practices as well. And, and and they ultimately they ultimately had to you know readjust and back off quite a bit and 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 the and the you know my my question when i when i first looked at it is i'm like okay why didn't they sue connectix when all those years ago when they had virtual pc for mac because they emulated entire Pentium systems with MMX instruction set. Um, Box is an open source x86 emulator. Um, and they still exist to this day with newer and newer features. Are they going to, if they sue Microsoft, then are they going to sue the people behind the Box project as well, um, and if so, how is that going to look for them? Because Microsoft may point out, "Hey, this product's existed for years," uh, and Intel didn't complain about it. Now, for all I know, Connectix, Connectix could have licensed stuff from Intel at that time. For all I know, but they did emulate an entire 
the entire x86 system and they were able to do so taking advantage of some advanced uh, features from the g4 processor but before you know microsoft bought them and said uh we're, we're not going to make this available for mac anymore since apple was switching over to intel anyway but there's been other pc emulator products too you know why didn't intel go after them so that to me seems to be a little bit ridiculous and that's you know to me a company's way of saying well we don't really have what it takes to compete so we're going to try to prevent you from competing and innovating too is what i'm what i'm getting that's, at with. that's, that's what it seems like at this point I mean, because i mean there's there's open source projects out there that emulate hardware that are extremely, extremely popular in the enterprise space. A good example is VMware. And at my job, we use VMware very heavily. All of the applications that we develop run on virtualized hardware. Everything controlled from an enterprise version of VMware called vSphere, which a lot of companies do. A lot of companies use vSphere. It may not be hosted on the Windows-based machine, and it may not be um, having uh, Windows-based guests, but it's very popular. So, and it can emulate x86 hardware or ARM-based hardware. And, so and why didn't they go after a company like VMware? And, and I think part of that reasoning, too, behind not pursuing VMware, um, they're more of a virtualization. They don't, they emulate some hardware devices. Most of the code execution is native. It's the lower stuff that gets emulated instead, which is how, which is not unlike how virtual PC for Windows worked and other similar products worked, which is why they called it, you know, virtualization as opposed to out and out emulation because it was on the same architecture. And and all of that, and even then, there's you know the whole virtualization extensions and newer processors from Intel, AMD, etc. That basically enable full, virtually full acceleration, too. But but there was more emulation in earlier years, especially with like the video card, the networking card sound card and and more it was it was a different era back then um but i would still i would still ask okay that you know intel's embrace of virtualization would probably hurt their their chances of a lawsuit as well i would say because you know why why aren't you what Oh, why didn't you pursue them for licensing um, as well? And one of the other other things is that suing over emulation, um, it's kind of hit or miss. Like, you remember? Do you remember a product called a company called Blame? No. Okay, they 
they were a company that created a product that would allow you to say, play your PlayStation games on a PC. And their big claim to fame was it's going to look so much better on your PC than on a television because of what some stuff they did. Sony tried to get an injunction against them. Um, but due to other legal re- stuff like Sony, you know, going at it with Connectix over their game station in Europe, um, they tried to prevent Blame from being sold while they were suing Blame, and Sony lost Ma- mainly, mainly because there was still an ongoing, you know, thing with Connectix, and the judge wanted to would prefer to see what would happen in the other case before putting an injunction on them, stopping them from selling it. The company did eventually go bankrupt or not bankrupt, but they eventually closed their doors. Um, they were also the company that created something called the blame cast as well. I think they, and that's a product that would allow you to play your dreamcast games on a PC as well. And, and, you know, when you get into part of emulation is, you know, copying software and Nintendo has failed in pr- restricting, you know, certain types of usage regarding their games and consoles. There's PC World had an article about how they, you know, failed with, you know, in regard to stopping cartridge copying in France. Um, and there's also the case with Tengen who made, you know, unauthorized third-party games for the NES console and Nintendo tried to stop them and they didn't it didn't quite pan out. Um, basically saying that you can create games for that system without you know, Nintendo's blessing. So though it's kind of unrelated, it could very well be used as you know, court case precedents saying um, you really can't stop people from mimicking this entire thing in software because emulation has existed for several years. And the fact that Intel didn't, you know, isn't pursuing this until possibly now may further hurt their chances at this. And by the way, Tech Radar also has a piece on why it's kind of a kind of a you know gray area emulation in general because the older a product gets the le- you know the less it's worth to pursue legally you know that's why Nintendo currently doesn't pursue those creating NES emulators and just giving them away for f- giving it away for free because it's not worth their time or money it's like older stuff. So, um, and I'm saying this is somebody who used to be opposed to emulation years ago, only to become an advocate of it later on. Cause archive.org, they've got, they've got, you know, pages where you can run old PC software too. 
is the Wayback Machine going to get sued as well? I don't know. So, so, so what? Like I said, what do you think is going to happen? You think they're going to sue and fail? I think it's very likely. I'm just hoping they're bluffing. Because if they upset too many consumers, they're going to drop Intel like a rock. Microsoft could partner with AMD instead and say, see ya. We're not going to support your your processors. Um, the Linux and free and open source communities may not be a fan of this stuff either because it may smack of we hate competition and they've had to deal with that for years. I I think they're about to screw up, and I hope they back off and realize e, this is not a good idea. They really don't have much of a chance, and even if they did, they would wind up alienating a lot of consumers. Um, my 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 suggestion to them is just come out with a better product. Don't don't try to monetize every single thing that you're doing and say, if you want more IO ports, you're going to have to pony up for a better processor. Or if you want, if you, if you want better performance, you can unlock it in your processor by paying us more money. Now that that comes to mind, do you, do you remember that one where, where they were postulating that, it does sound familiar. So, uh, I don't know. I I don't I don't I don't like this direction, and I hope they change their mind and just quietly go into the night and just come up with something better. I mean, it's 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 very it's very sad that Intel's gone to this gone to this decision because um, this isn't going to help anything at all. It's just going to it's going to force less um, competition and then they're going to end up getting out of the market because they've shot themselves in the foot. Unless they avoid doing this and they're just bluffing which would be I mean not surprising considering Intel's done stuff like this in the past. So, I don't know. It's just a bad situation to be in, for them to be in right now. And ho hopefully hopefully they change their mind, because I've, I've read where people were saying, well, suing may be the only mobile strategy they have left. Uh, to me, that's not a strategy. But... And... and Hell, why didn't they go after HP when they they were they, they were having that little layer of theirs that Microsoft's likely using now for their for one of their enterprise phone devices that ran Windows 10 mobile? That doesn't make sense. So so who knows? Um, neither event. 
hopefully companies like System76 take note and and decide to go with, say, AMD instead, assuming AMD improves their, you know, hardware support on Linux and other other free and open source software platforms. Because here, here's the bad part. This baby right here in front of me, that's an Intel i5. It's, you know, Iris Graphics, not the Iris Pro, but Iris Graphics. And just as I see them improving on the graphics front to the point where I'm like, okay, I may just be all in on Intel for desktop and mobile. And then they pull something like this, and I'm like, I'm not so sure I want to support that. I, I, I see a storm coming unless, unless they kind of change their mind quietly or come out with a better product. That's the only real remedy I see to this. So, but do you think this could be an opportunity for ARM to increase their, their market share? Well, absolutely. I mean, in the mobile space, ARM's already dominating the entire thing. So it's not like, it's not like they're, hurting to try and get more market share in the mobile space. But I think what this attempt is to do is to try and experiment and also get the ability to run Windows-based applications in a mobile setting. So that way, if somebody needs to access something when they're on the go, it's, it's a lot easier to do that. And... And Microsoft, because one of the podcasts I listen to is like Windows Weekly, because I've got to know from a different perspective what's going on in the tech market. And one of the paradigms they're trying to get out of is, you know, desktop. Well, desktop's still going to be there, but laptop, mobile, phones, tablets. They're trying to treat phones and tablets as just another device, as opposed to you know, they're trying to change the paradigm, so to speak. So, you know, those computers with full-on LTE connectivity could become somebody's workstation. Um, they're kind of a little tablet of sorts, and their phone all all wrapped in a one nice, neat, convenient package to where they can do conference calls while looking at a spreadsheet while sending a report out to to their superiors at the same time with with pen, optional pen input because that's that's where Bill Gates saw the future of that market is devices with pen input because that was his biggest criticism of Apple's iPads and iPhones is there's no no input other than your finger and then Apple came out with the Apple Pencil later on down the road. So, and I and I, other other than a other than a few stuttering and me hearing my well as in me hearing myself talk in the background, I'd say this thing has run a lot more smoothly than in the past. So here's to better bandwidth. <laughs> so, I, I'm curious. It used to be pretty terrible. So, 
Yeah. So I'm curious, are you going to try to do something like this and play like a first person shooter at the same time? No, I could, but I think I'll need a couple extra monitors to do that. Or something. <laughs> oh man. And, and, and on an interesting note and possibly a future topic, um, I've been seeing more and more a smaller company here in this area, not doing fiber, but, you know, radio-based wireless internet. There's some stuff like that available in this area, too, where I'm at now. And I'm actually not in Columbia anymore. I don't know if I told you that, but I'm actually outside of Florida. Kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, but there's, there's a couple of different uh, companies that offer radio-based internet, which is kind of, it's very similar to Wi-Fi, I guess, but longer, longer range. So there's radio wire, and then there's uh, something based out of Kingdom City. It has Kingdom in the name. But right. It's interesting. Um, there's a company, I don't remember the name off the top of my head, that is actually named this area as one of their quote-unquote areas of coverage, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So, I'm seeing that as kind of getting stuff like that starting to get a little bit more popular for rural areas because the more people that say, yeah, I want internet access, the better they're able to extend their network mm -hmm. and offer better service, which, um, and they're using all kinds of stuff. It still has to be kind of line of sight because if a tree is in the way, well, you're going to run into problems. But if it's like, clear, you know, it's not like satellites where if it's stormy weather, it'll necessarily kill it per se. But, you know, it's got to be able to have as few obstacles as possible. I, I was just, I was just surprised when you were like, hey, I found an ISP and it's really awesome. And I'm like, oh, cool. And that's what's preventing me from being out kind of in the sticks is stuff like that. Plus I like convenience of going to the store when I want to. So, <laughs> so anyway, I think that wraps up the, this episode, definitely looking at alternative ISPs in the future would be a good idea, especially with who you're with now. It's not. It's half a gig, gigabits per second, but it's it's still. Your yours is your bandwidth tubes are bigger than mine, so you get to laugh it up for a while. Oh. It's nice. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Netflix opening instantly, or almost instantly. I can stream 4K video even though I don't have a 4K monitor. Oh my. That so that that's that's gonna be fantastic. Oh, well, we will see you next week and and all of that and we'll have more updates over time. It's just we've had to take a little bit of a break. We all see you all later. See you guys. <laughs>